Thanks for joining Impact Boom. On this episode... It's all about mindset shifts, first of all. So before I even joined, I saw some problems in the system coming in from a systems lens and thinking we're not tackling a problem, just one specific problem here, and we know the solution and we think it will make the impact we want it to have. It's so much more complex than that. So really thinking from a systems lens, and there are courses online you can do on this or to read up about it. Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas, and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers, and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts, and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates, or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thanks for listening to episode 432 of Impact Boom. My name's Sarah, and I'm passionate about visioning, empowering, and contributing to positive, regenerative, heart and soul-led transformation, both locally and globally. Today, we are speaking with Nahal Jain. Nahal Jain is the co-founder of After, an unwearable textiles collections and recycling service for households and businesses. She's passionate about systems change, circular economy, and building businesses. Her roots have grounded her in leading with purpose and passion, and in her personal life, she strives to live as sustainably as possible. It's in these values that's led her to co-founding after and taking on the challenge to systemically change the textiles industry. She brings with her a host of corporate experience from growing a community of technology startups from conceptualization to commercialization at Microsoft to building SaaS products as a manager at Atlassian. On today's podcast, we will discuss how Nehal and her team are diverting tons of textile waste and how they're growing this movement, as well as the process and the partnerships that led afters from a small idea to a big success Australia-wide so quickly. Now, Hal, it's so great to have you here today. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Look, there's so much to chat about today, but to begin with, could we just kick off by learning a little bit more about your background and what it is that led to where you are today? Sure. This is always such an interesting question, really makes you reflect and think how much depth to go into, but I'll start with, so I was born in India My family moved around a lot growing up. Fun fact about me is I've been to 17 schools or just education institutes in general, including like uni and all of that uh, in four different countries. So, and most of that was all before I started high school. So it's been moving around a lot, very open to change, (laughs) but I did have quite a stable high school and university. I studied software engineering, always had an interest in technology, and that led me to some time at Microsoft where I was managing their innovation center, which allowed me to meet hundreds of startups. That got me super excited into building things. 
And I then joined Atlassian as a product manager, really building software as a service type products and features. But I wasn't solving problems that I was passionate about. And so it was really hard to get excited or feel fulfilled about the work that I was doing. And so I reflected back to my childhood time and the values that my family had instilled or just the way that I was living my life. And I remembered stories like my grandma, who only has five saris in her rotation. And every time she gets a new piece, she will donate one. So she'll keep to that limit to five. Uh And through stories like that, I think I learned a concept of minimalization, not being super materialistic, really being quite mindful of your consumption. I also remember when I was also in India for a short period of time, one of the weekends, we used to go to the temple. I'd have some classes there, interestingly. And at the end, so what I really remember from that time is, I would get a card out of a box at random and it would have a challenge on there for us for that day or that week. And sometimes it would say things like, don't eat chocolate today. Don't be mean to your sister. (laughs) Or don't eat sugar today or something along those lines, which the main purpose of that was for us to realize that we're in control of who we are as people, what we do. We're in control of our senses, essentially. When I think back to times like that, I realized that I've always wanted to sort of push the bounds and see what more can I do or achieve. My family grew up vegetarian, uh, later turned vegan. All of the reasons for why, thinking, hey, this seems like the right thing to be doing. I know I have that control over myself, that I can do what I set my mind to. And I've noticed that just kept spreading into other parts of my life. And so I've tried to live as sustainably as possible as I can. You know, I wouldn't say I'm very in the extreme. There's a long way for me to go, but still trying to do whatever I learn um, from the people around me. And I guess though, when I reflected back, I realized that I had such a keen focus on living sustainably but I never thought of turning that into my career or doing more. And at that point of wanting to do more, I started exploring and realizing, hey, actually, I need to learn more first. Like, I don't have enough education. So I started reading and watching things and basically consuming more concept. And it really changed my mindset. And from there, I happened in a miracle of sorts, meet my co-founder when I wasn't looking to start a startup or do any of the sort. And she was working in a problem in an area space that was exactly what I was interested in and had been researching up. So it just feels like it was meant to be. Amazing. And so then After was born. Can you tell us more about After and the impact it's generating? Sure. So After is a textiles waste collection service for Australian households and businesses. What we do is that we partner with ethical and sustainable textile recyclers who will transform the so-called waste, which, you know, we don't see as a waste, we see as a resource, but those unwearable or unusable items that we'll collect from businesses and households, we will then partner with textile recyclers who will transform that into recycled raw materials, such as recycled yarn, felt, 
filling material and we report that back to our customers as well. We're aiming on our journey to be as transparent as possible and offer as convenient a service as possible as well. With that, the main problem that we're looking to solve with AFTER is the textiles waste problem. So Australia is the second largest producer of textile waste in Australia. 6,000 kilograms goes to landfill every 10 minutes. Huge amounts. Like to visually put it, that's one adult-sized elephant (laughs) in landfill every 10 minutes. So that's a huge amount. We're consuming a lot. We're throwing away a lot. How can we divert that from landfill and basically make it circulate it back into the industry? So the recycled products that our recyclers create, that does get sold back into the industry. So hopefully our big theory of change is if we're able to inject recycled material back into the economy, hopefully virgin material usage will be reduced a little bit. And we can just keep it circulating instead of having to overexert earth and hopefully close or slow down the metaphorical tap of that overconsumption and overproduction. But yeah, those are big lofty goals. I think from a more tactical piece of what we can do is at least divert some from landfill. Yeah. And um, in terms of our impact, what we've done so far, so we've been operating for about two years Um, bootstrapping alongside other work predominantly. We've serviced about 420 plus households and businesses till date, and we've diverted over 4.5 tons of textile waste as well from landfill. Also, one other thing that we do offer is we, we partner with conscious businesses and sustainable businesses to offer incentives to our households or individual consumers so that every time they make a collection with us and they're diverting waste from landfill that they will get a discount at one of these conscious sustainable businesses as well. So we can keep the loop going with spending your money in areas where we would much rather it go as opposed to things like fast fashion. Yeah, great. So in your journey over the last two years of building after, what have been some of your key learnings that you'd love to pass on to change makers? So many learnings. I think if I think just broadly rather than on textile waste specifically, I'd say it's all about mindset shifts, first of all. So before I even joined, I saw some problems in the system coming in from a systems lens and thinking we're not tackling a problem, just one specific problem here. And we know the solution and we think it will make the impact we want it to have. It's so much more complex than that. So really thinking from a systems lens and there are courses online you can do on this or to read up about it. But for me, I found when I started to develop my systems thinking, I realized there were certain problems, especially problems around adoption. So there's a lot of solutions out there. There's not enough adoption of them widespread. It's not become yet like cultural norms to adopt all of the sustainable solutions out there, whether it's at an individual level or especially at a business level. And that really limited me. I kept thinking that's the problem to solve. And there's something I can do to only very specifically tackle that one unique problem. Whereas in reality, having more and more solutions out there and by almost oversaturating the market with sustainable solutions is actually great because the more solutions that exist, 
the competition, making it better and better, we can actually get to a point where there will be more adoption over time. And so for me, that was a big mindset shift. And similarly, I see mindset shifts in other areas as well. Like a big one was being very perfectionistic. And especially when you're in sustainability and whether it's us, myself, like I came into this with sustainability and the idea of circular economy at the core. And it was, okay, how can we create the perfect circular economy and do the most sustainable things? And the fact that we're in recycling, initially we got a lot of questions on, but why recycling? Or when you do recycle, can it be done perfectly in some way? And I also came in looking for that perfection and realized that's actually such limited thinking because it's by going through having an imperfect model, you then work towards getting more and more perfect. So that being something for both us as change makers, but also individuals, the general public, that I think is a big mindset shift to have. Touching on perfectionism is a really important thing because I think people who are so deeply passionate sometimes are waiting for everything to be 200% perfect before they start and that can really inhibit getting going and learning as you go and iterating and educating the collective and the market about why these things are needed and facilitating those behavior changes in others. Exactly. Like action is always better. If I hadn't joined the startup, if we hadn't started doing this, we wouldn't have diverted the amount that we have. And it might not seem like a large amount, but hey, it's better than nothing. (laughs) Yeah. Something's always better than nothing. What would you be doing otherwise? Yeah. Yeah. So what are some inspiring projects or initiatives that you've come across recently that you feel are creating really positive change? Oh, this is an ex- this is an interesting one. I think there are so many different things. I'd say something that I find quite interesting is looking at design and whether it's for textiles or even just in general, when you think about a circular economy, we need better design to begin with. Even with what we do in textiles recycling, it's a really difficult and complicated space. And something I'm quite passionate about is how do we design our clothes in a way that is actually better for its end of life? And not just for textiles, if you start to look at that in other areas, that then brings me to a company called Great Wrap. And they create sort of like a cling wrap alternative, but it's made fully out of compostable biodegradable materials that in any environment will break down, whether it's the water in landfill or elsewhere. So they're creating products and they're designing it to begin with in such a way where they've really kept that end of life in mind. So when I look at, yeah, projects like that's where I think the best innovations are. Mm. What are some books or resources to finish off that you feel really beneficial and that you'd love to recommend to our listeners? Absolutely. So there's three main ones and they're quite foundational, I'd say, especially if you haven't really explored sustainability much. One, Australian show War on Waste. I think we all know that one, but I absolutely love it. The third season came out this year, so there's a lot of new content as well, if you have already heard of it before. I love that one because it gives such a great 
way of explaining all of the different problems that exist and from all different angles, including policy as well. The second one will be looking at the Ellen MacArthur Foundation or consultants like Corio who talk a lot about circular economy. And I think perhaps, I'm not sure, perhaps your audience isn't the most familiar with circular economy principles, but it's all about, hey, instead of going from right now we're a linear economy, we take materials and minerals out of the earth, we turn it into products, we use it, it then goes to landfill. But how can we design that system in a way where it is more circular and we design out the waste to begin with? So that design piece being important, how can we keep materials that do exist and we have produced in circulation for as long as possible? That's what we're doing at After. And finally, how do we regenerate nature? So I think having this level of mindset, that's been one of the biggest changes I've had and what we look at applying at after, you know, so our mission being that we want Australia to be a circular economy and we want to create that for the textiles industry. I would say specifically, if you want to learn more about textiles and the problems here and what's happening, there's an ABC podcast called Threads, which I would highly recommend as another great introduction into this space. Amazing. Thank you. Nahal, it's been so great to chat with you today and really wish you all the best with the continual development of After and all the fabulous work that you're doing. Thank you so much. I had a blast. Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. Please leave your comments below and remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page and Twitter.